that acute increase in testosterone doesn't mean anything. It does, it's not going to change your baseline testosterone. Your, that acute release of testosterone, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter! What is up, my Sunlight Samurais? Hansa Mata here, and I want to talk to you about a protocol, specifically the protocol that Andrew Huberman talks about. It's not his protocol. He saw some research. He interviewed a researcher and they did a study to look at exercise on the effect of testosterone. And he's basically saying that's a good idea based on the research. So I want to discuss, is that really a good idea based on the research? So in short, if you don't know, haven't heard the protocol before, is basically six sets of 10. If you do six sets of 10 with two minutes rest, rest, you're going to get a significant increase in testosterone and growth hormone that is supposed to I don't know, make you feel good. I don't know. People want to increase their testosterone and they think by doing it via exercise is a good thing. But I'll discuss that in just a bit. Let's dive into the video. Andrew Huberman discussing this. Duncan French, who's one of the directors of the UFC Performance Center, when he was a graduate student at University of Connecticut Stores, did some beautiful work. He and his colleagues found the ideal training protocols for stimulating testosterone release, which is something that many people want to do for a variety of reasons. And that involved doing six sets of 10 repetitions, even if it requires lightening the weight on one set to the next, with about two minutes, 120 seconds rest in between sets, which if you think about it, is pretty short rest and is pretty darn hard work. So is this a good kind of workout to increase your testosterone? Yes, it is. It is good. It will increase your testosterone. So let me dive into the mechanisms, how this works for you guys. So basically, there are about three things that really matter. The first one is you want to select a whole body exercise like a squat or deadlift because you want to activate as most muscle as possible. But apart from that, you also want to activate the central nervous system, the, your, the awareness of your body. Because when you compare squats versus leg press, the squat was significantly better at increasing testosterone than the leg press. Although obviously a leg press doesn't work as much muscle as the squat. So I don't think it's just the ability to maximize the amount of muscle that you use, but also to use free weights and not machines. So you get more testosterone release from doing squats versus leg press. So it's not just the amount of weight or muscle mass that you activate because in a leg press, you can use much more weight so the weight's more, and you activate a lot of muscles still, but with the squat, you activate the whole body, the whole uh, nervous system. The it, squats are more taxing on the central nervous system than leg press. So it's this whole stimulation of the central nervous system. The second point is rest periods. If you rest too long, the release in uh, testosterone is not going to be as much. So if you compare like a two-minute and a five-minute uh, rest period, both can simulate release of testosterone, but the two-minute rest period will be more so. But if you start to rest too short, you can it will basically impair the amount of volume that you can do, the intensity that you can train, and that will reduce the testosterone secretion. So it also comes down to the volume and intensity that you can train. So you have to in, uh, maintain a certain level of intensity. The weight that you use should be able to maintain that. So let's say you do... Let's say you start six sets of 10, you start with three plates on the squat and the sixth set is going to be with one plate. That's probably not going to be as good versus you start you start with three plates and then you end with two plates. You're still going to reduce because you have to do that certain intensity where you go close to failure. 
So it's not about uh, six sets of 10 and the first set is going to be like a six RPE and the last set is going to be 10 RPE. They basically talk about you have to go all out and all sets. That's why you can basically reduce the weight as the sets go on. So that means that you have to push pretty freaking hard on the first set and do six sets of that while resting two minutes. This is a very intense protocol. So the three things is you have to do a free weight and use a lot of weight. So isolation movements like bicep curls is not going to give you the same thing. Uh, bench press is not going to be as good as squat. And a squat and deadlift is basically going to be the base. It activates the most, most, most muscle mass and you can use the most weight. So for example, if you use a squat on the back, you're going to get a better release in testosterone versus a front squat where you're not going to be able to use as much weight versus a overhead squat where you're going to use the least amount of weight or even a goblin squat. So you, in that case, you're not going to get a big boost in testosterone. So it has to be a heavy squat on the back, like a high bar or a low bar back squat that you can use the most weight that's going to be the most metabolically taxing. The second one is rest period. You want to reduce your rest to about two minutes, maybe one to two minutes. And then the third one is you want to maintain that certain level of intensity and the volume. Now, keep in mind that the more trained you become, actually, you get a decrease in the secretion of testosterone. So newbies, when they just start with a new protocol, they have, you, you know, you know, this case where you get used to a program and then you try something completely different and suddenly you have DOMS again. So this is the same principle. You are used to your training program. You try a new training program that suddenly stimulates release of testosterone, but you do that training program for about eight to 10 weeks. You're not going to get that same release in testosterone. So is this even a good way to stimulate the release of testosterone, right? No, because six sets of 10 is going to create a release of testosterone when you just start with the workout. But after 10 weeks, you're not going to get the same result. That means that on a monthly basis, you have to change the workout to get that release in testosterone. And you go from six sets of 10 repetitions to 10 sets of 10 repetitions. You it's not as beneficial and might even be counterproductive. But to me, the difference between six and 10 sets is only four sets. It doesn't even sound that much. So furthermore, he talks about six sets was ideal, but going to 10 sets was detrimental. But then he do recommend like doing a couple of exercises, six sets of 10. But let's, so let, let's take that as an example, right? So six sets gonna give you a testosterone boost. 10 sets is detrimental. So testosterone goes up, set one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10. So it starts to decrease again, the more sets you do. But now you do two exercises like squats and deadlifts. That is 12, 12 sets. Oh, I'm going to say 12. 12 sets. That means it's just as good as doing 10 sets, but you're doing 12. So that's going to be one, two, three, four, five, six. Switch the exercise. One, two, three, four, five, six. So doing two exercises, six sets of 10 is not going to be good. So even though you do only six sets on one exercise, but because you go to another difficult exercise like deadlifts, it's going to be as if you are going over to 10 sets. So the whole workout of that, let's say you're doing squats, is ten is six, six sets of ten. That's going to stimulate the release in testosterone. Fantastic. Stop it there. Don't do another exercise that's going to be as taxing as a squat. Rather switch to something like military press, bench press, uh, pull-ups. That is going to be much less stimulating and draining, and it's not going to lead to the same reduction in testosterone. Also, given that your workout is not getting too long. And then as a side note, it also talks about that is just a small margin going from six sets to 10 sets. That is not a small margin. That's almost a double the amount of volume. If you do five sets and you do another five sets, that's double the volume. So six sets is 
and then going to 10 sets is almost double the volume. So it's not a small margin. It's not like, whoops, I did seven sets and now I got a decrease in my testosterone. It's like, no, I actually had to double my volume to get a decrease in testosterone. But still, if you do two exercises that's going to be as intense, it will be as if you are doing those 10 sets, but you're going to be doing more because it's six plus six, it's going to be 12 sets instead of 10. So you are going to get a decrease in testosterone if you use two intense exercises like squats and deadlifts. So that sort of hints at the possibility that the thresholds for going from a workout that increases testosterone to a workout that diminishes testosterone is actually a pretty narrow margin. Now, what's interesting is that there's a very limited threshold for increasing testosterone. That protocol of six sets of 10 repetitions led to these big increases in serum testosterone. But if people did 10 sets of 10, so just four more repetitions per set, then testosterone did not increase. In fact, you got more of this catabolic cortisol-like pathway. You get other benefits from the so-called 10 sets of 10 protocol, but not the testosterone increase and maybe even reductions in testosterone. So here he talks basically about testosterone uh, going up with the intensity of the exercise and it also goes down. Now, keep in mind, if you're doing something new and you're doing very intensely, you're going to get an increase in the release of cortisol and the catecholamines. This is typically what you see. The catecholamines are released initially first. You get an increase in adrenaline and noradrenaline. And then 10 minutes later, you get an increase in cortisol. So if you obviously uh, stop before 10 to 15 minutes, you're going to minimize that release in cortisol. But the longer you, you, you continue doing this stressful uh, activity, the more your cortisol is going to go up. And what is really important here is the testosterone to cortisol ratio. So when you live intensely, your testosterone is going up because your body is kind of like, oh, I, I am under the stress. Let's compensate the stress with an increase in androgens. Your testosterone goes up and your catecholamines is already high. But if you go on for too long, your cortisol is going to go up. And this is, is it, this is going to become too stressful for your body to cope. And then testosterone will start to decline. So this is typically when this is highly variable, first of all. And this is similar to social defeat, winners and losers. So some people, when they lose, they become socially defeated. Other people that are socially resilient, they don't become socially defeated and they can continue to uh, compete and improve and progress. And they don't withdraw from society, right? So this is kind of like the same concept. If you go on for too long, that testosterone is going to decline. So some people are much more resilient. They just, their testosterone is not really going to decline. Other people is going to experience a decline much faster. And the faster your testosterone decline, the less likely you are to adapt beneficially to that kind of workout. So keep that in mind. It's a testosterone to cortisol ratio that's actually important. So they talk a lot about like, you want to increase your testosterone with this kind of activity, but you should keep in mind if you train too intense for too long, that's going to release too much cortisol and the testosterone to cortisol ratio is not going to be ideal and it's just not going to lead to any beneficial adaptions. And you could imagine just taking very long rest, keeping the session, being a big lazy bear in the right. training. I sometimes do this. I tell myself I'm going to work out for 45 minutes and then two hours later I'm done, but not because I was huffing and puffing the whole time, but because I was training really slowly. Right. Is there any evidence that training slowly can offset some of the negative effects of doing a lot of volume? Well, it's an old adage of, you know, two responses to your question. I mean, the first one I would say, you know, there's a difference between 10 sets of six and six sets of 10. Um, and I think that comes back to the volume conversation. You know, six sets of 10 is driving up metabolic stimulus. Um, if, if you're doing 10 sets of six, you can probably take it to a higher intensity, but you're not going to get the same metabolic load. You're not going to get the same internal metabolic environment that drives the lactate release that they will then signal, you know, further anabolic testosterone release because of the lactate in your body. Um, 
that, that, that's a key consideration. So lastly, they kind of like talk about what if you rest longer? Will that minimize the effect of cortisol? Yes, it will. That's why let's say someone rests three to five minutes, they are going to minimize the stress hormones. They're going to get a better adaption uh, to training. They might minimize the harmful effects. So if someone isn't very resilient and they're starting out, they might benefit from resting a little bit longer until they adapt and they can tolerate shorter rest periods. So, but the thing is, the, the longer you rest, the less likely you are going to get that increase in testosterone. But that brings me to the next point. My next point is, why do you want to train for that release in testosterone? We all know that there is a big difference between exercise-induced release in testosterone and your baseline testosterone. It's like your cortisol, your waking cortisol, and then your stressed cortisol. So let's say something stressful happens, your cortisol goes up. It doesn't change your baseline cortisol depending on your adaption capacity. So the same thing, if you exercise, what they usually find is that your testosterone goes up depending on the protocol, about 30 minutes is back to baseline. And then 60 minutes is can actually be below baseline. So oftentimes this is a danger. If you train too hard in a session, your testosterone will drop below what it was before the workout. So don't chase these kind of workouts that you're going to maximize your testosterone, you're going to increase your testosterone, and it's going to make you feel awesome because that acute increase in testosterone doesn't mean anything. It does, it's not going to change your baseline testosterone. Your, that acute release of testosterone, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. What really matters is your baseline testosterone and working out with weights doesn't change that the baseline it only gives you the acute release, which doesn't mean anything. It doesn't contribute to hypertrophy or strength gains. It might help with the regeneration process, but it's not going to give you a unique advantage. If you look at the studies, this, the protocols that chase the release in testosterone, they don't get better strength and hypertrophy results compared to the people that just rest a little bit longer, use a little bit heavier weights, train optimally for hypertrophy and strength. So that release in testosterone doesn't give you any more benefit than the other protocols. So ask yourself, what is your goal? Is your goal hypertrophy? Use the science to follow a program that's going to give you the best hypertrophy. Forget about the release in testosterone. Next, if your goal is to get higher levels of testosterone, again, forget about the release of of testosterone from the workout. That's not going to change your baseline. What you want to focus on is your diet and your lifestyle and just physical activity in general, avoiding the bad stuff, you know, eating the right stuff, living the right lifestyle, and then just being active during the day. All of the things that I discussed in the Alpha Energy course, link in the description for you guys how to maximize your testosterone and the way you feel, which is most important. Next, the thing, if you want to exercise for testosterone, the thing that really matters is just physical activity in general, being more active. There's multiple studies that show there's a meta-analysis showing that when people work out in the gym, they go to the gym, do resistance exercise, and this was eubonadolmine, so they didn't have low testosterone, they had normal testosterone, they were sedentary, they started lifting, it didn't change your baseline testosterone. But what did change people's baseline testosterone is just being more active, like walking and doing fun activities during the day. So there is a dose-dependent response in testosterone from just walking multiple steps per day, like 4K, 6K, 8K, 10K, 12K steps on a daily basis. You see an increase in testosterone the more active you are. But obviously, it depends on how much energy you have and how able you are able to adapt to that activity that you are doing. So some people... Uh, let's say 12K to 15K steps might be too much. That might cause a negative adaption. 
So be careful with what you do. Just listen to your body. Um, you know, push yourself a little bit. You have to push yourself to create uh, adaption in the first place. But if you continually over push yourself, you're going to create negative adaptions. You're not going to be positively adapting to that. So listen to your body, but be more active. And that's going to lead to higher levels of testosterone in general. Uh, another goal that people might have is being more functional. If you just want to move better, you would just want to have a little bit more muscle strength, a little bit more muscle, just more functionality, less pain. You know, when you stumble, you don't want to fall. You, you want to be able to get back up. You want to be able to carry the grocery bags. You want to be able to carry this and pick this up and without hurting yourself, the functionality aspect, then this is also a bad way to train because um, if you train like uh, six sets on 10 on the squats and, and the deadlifts, that's going to create a lot of central nervous system fatigue. That's going to impair your energy for that day. And even the next day, depending on how quickly your central nervous system recovers. So based on all your kind of goals, like higher testosterone, better hypertrophy and strength, functionality, Training for the release of testosterone is not going to get you closer to your goals. So what is your goals and train towards your goals? So is this protocol a good way to increase uh, testosterone in general? No, it's not. It's not a good way because it's not going to change your baseline level of testosterone. Is it a good way to increase acutely testosterone? Yes. But what happens after 10 weeks? Nothing. You adapt to it. So it's kind of completely useless to train for the release in testosterone from a workout. Forget about it. Don't focus on it. I feel like people are misdirecting people by talking about this release in testosterone from a workout. It's useless. Don't focus on it. Don't become fixated on it. That's the wrong goal. So just in summary, I don't think this is a good way to stimulate the production of testosterone. I don't think you have to train to stimulate the release of production, uh, to, to stimulate the release of testosterone to begin with. That shouldn't be your goal for exercise. Your goal for exercise should be to move better as a human being, to reduce pain, to improve your functionality. And then also, if you have a goal like sprint faster, lift heavy weights, build more muscle, that should be your goal. Use the science to train for that goal. Forget about the release in testosterone. It's like, oh, I'm doing this three sets of 15. I'm resting one minute. I'm going to get a super great release in testosterone. Forget about that. It's like doing this kind of volume is what's going to take me to building more muscle if it increases testosterone growth hormone or not. That's just this protocol helps me get to my goal. Forget about the testosterone. What you want to do is you want to improve your basal, your baseline level of testosterone. And you do that via diet and lifestyle eating the right foods, avoiding the right foods, avoiding the right uh, or avoiding the pathogens, the, the chemicals and disruptors that cause low testosterone. And then in the lifestyle, you want to sleep better when you want to be more active, you want to get sunlight, you want to do earthing, all of this good stuff. That is how you improve your baseline testosterone and feel better in general. Don't just exercise to feel better. You want to feel better in general with or without exercise. So these are all the things that I discuss in the Alpha Energy Male course diet, lifestyle, and supplements, and also being physically active in the kind of workouts that you can do, that will take your baseline level of testosterone to the next level. I hope this was useful and added some value and added some things for you to think about and implement uh, depending on what your goal is. If you have any questions, please leave that in a comment section. If you want me to analyze any other kind of testosterone protocol or workout, please leave that in the comments and I will add it to my to-do list for you guys. All right, guys, I will check you in the next one. Cheers, guys.